Rob Lee here from MTR Podcast for Diablo Donuts. Here's the thing, cats and kittens. We all know that 2020 has been a dumpster fire. It's been sour, but donuts are sweet, specifically Diablo Donuts. Diablo Donuts is a small batch artisan shop with local ingredients, a kind staff, and good old-fashioned donuts with a twist. Wrap your lips around the berry cheesecake or the Captain Chesapeake, a caramel obey combo that's just, it's just great. Diablo Donuts is always fresh, always flavorful, and local AF. Hit up 410-DOE and place your order today. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Rob Lee here, folks, from MTR Podcast, and this month's presenting sponsor is Double Dutch Boutique. Double Dutch is vintage-inspired flair with a contemporary cut. The boutique features sought-after independent designers from around the world, as well as assorted goods produced by local artists and makers. Double Dutch promises a shopping experience just as unique as its clothes. Pop on over to www.doubledutchboutique.com today for their latest goods. finds out I got in trouble in school today, I'm definitely going to be on punishment. Ah! Uh, there's a party tonight at Peter's house. Can I go? You're not going nowhere. Every little step you take will be around this bedroom tonight. Did you hear anything about a party tonight? Uh-uh. At least not any good ones. Hello, Tawatha. Do I feel like being bothered with Tawatha? Hello, LaDonna. Woman, woman. Woman. Yo, baby, looking real good. Step off. Scandalous. Kick it, Pop. What you got to say now, punk? How much more trouble can I get into? Hey, eraserhead. Look, I'm in prison. Just do me a favor. Don't pick up the soap. Wait till I find him. I'm going to kill him. Yo, y'all look who fell into the gig. Hey, this ain't soul train. The two finest women in here. Now, how could a man choose? He better choose right. Okay, so where we're on our way to? The house party. What? The house party. Jay ain't going to that damn party. That's all to it. I don't give a damn what you say. You're gonna make me a social misfit. Yeah, you look good, but can you cook good? Can you read or is your brain like wood? Do you have sex or do you make love? How do you live? Do you give it? Do you take love? Girl, you're so Yo, Shaken, this is a brand new episode of Let's Watch It Again, and um, I'm Rob Lee, this is uh, MTR Podcast, uh, you should know by now. Uh, on this um, episode, I have the pleasure of having my lovely girlfriend, Kumari, uh, on here to review House Party. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Are you? Yes. All right, good. So... We're going to talk about um, House Party, and this is um, a really black movie, in my opinion. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about, run down the synopsis for those who've not seen it, and um, kind of talk about some of our uh, thoughts and observations, and some kind of trivia around the movie as well. So, the movie was released March 9th, 1990. Um, directed by Reggie Hudlin, who also directed Boomerang. So it's like, 
three year stretch included like House Party and then Boomerang. And he has a cameo in the movie too. Yes. An excellent cameo. And his socks. Yes, and that was his brother, I believe, that yeah. was on there with him uh, yeah. there later in the movie. And he would later serve as a producer on Django Unchained. So that's what's up there. So the synopsis for this movie, uh, Play's parents are out of town. He's playing a house party. This is on IMDb.com. <laughs> Very well written, I'm sure. So if there's anything in here that's like, that's not what happened. <laughs> Please correct me on this. I've seen this movie a lot, but... I wanted to, for, for simplicity's sake, have the synopsis. Play's parents are out of town, and he's planning a house party to end all house party. His friend Kid wants to go more than anything else, knowing that Sydney, played by Tisha Campbell, the hottest girl in the school, is uh, going to be there. But when Kid gets into a fight in school, his father grounds him. Still determined to go, Kid sneaks out of the house and faces one calamity after another to make his way to Play's house and party for the party of the school year. House party. <laughs> I feel like there should be like a cut in of like all the music from the background and just scenes that won't make sense to anyone if they're not seeing it. Ain't my type of hype, baby. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> you just have that pop up in there. Um, just interspersed the trailer in there, treat it like it's a trailer. Yes. So this movie um, stars uh, Kid and Play, obviously. Full Force, who, who's great. Yes. Uh, Robin Harris, uh, Tisha Campbell, and AJ Johnson. Not to be confused by another A.J. Johnson, which is also, who's also a movie. There's another A.J. Johnson in the movie? So the dude that played Ezel on Friday is in there, and ah. he has the Jerry Girl. That's the whole follow the drip dude. Yes, yes. Who also pops up in House Party 3. Okay. As a completely different character. You're going beyond me now. You know I didn't see the other House Party movies. So this movie um, has early Tisha Campbell. Mm-hmm. Early Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And that set up the foundation for Martin, I think. It did. And you can actually see it. I feel like you can see it in the moment when they meet. When he first says something to her, yeah. you're like, hmm, some interesting chemistry. I can see where someone would see a TV show in that. And also there's, um, now this, I, I want to see, see, Friday's one of your favorite movies, right? It is. Do you know a connection that's in this movie that uh, happens on Friday? Hmm. I don't know it off the top of my head. It's not coming to me. So this movie features Clifton Powell, who plays Pinky. Okay. And he's uh, Shireen's brother. He's uh, AJ Johnson's brother. When she first goes into the projects, he's in the dope chats in here, girl. Uh, and John Witherspoon is the neighbor. And he's just like, I'm calling police on y'all niggas. Now, John Witherspoon, yes, that's something. I kind of thought it, would, it was more like a, ooh, this is in the same universe thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the movie has critical acclaim. Um, on um, Rotten Tomatoes, if we believe in Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. it's a ninety-three percent. Yes, which is a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's true. The consensus of the movie reads that House Party is a light, entertaining teen comedy with infectious energy. That's sure. a very black thing to say. Yes. Now this is this is a ripoff of um, of uh, the rewatchables right here. Uh oh. What did Roger Ebert have to say? <laughs> I yeah. actually did read a little bit of his okay. review, and I think he says something like, you know, it's fun and silly as it, as it should be or something like that. And I don't, I don't disagree with that, yeah. but I also feel like there's a lot going on in this movie that, and you know how I feel about Roger Ebert, one of my favorite film critics ever. I just feel like there's a lot going on that the average white person would not see. Right. So, you know, like this is, um, 
I think, one of the first New Jack Swing movies. It is. Um, Full Force, they are New Jack Swing pioneers. And so, um, you know, before the whole, the floodgates open, New Jack City, and and the way that um, In Living Color is like a New Jack show, sort of. So I feel like this was like at the forefront of that. And there's also a lot going on with like family and black community, black youth that I think somebody just watching the movie might be like, oh, that's nice, you know, but I feel like there's a lot more going on. The colorism thing is in there too. Um, yes. Namely with, it's kind of the flip. It's like Tisha Campbell, well, the Sydney character and the Shireen character, kid and play, obviously. Yes. So you have that kind of flip dynamic that's there. Um, Roger Eber gave it three out of four stars. Mm-hmm, which um, is high for him for a comedy. Yes. Uh, and commended the energy and exuberance. He called the film a wall-to-wall, wall-to-wall with the exuberant song and dance and stated that the, that the music the, it's a musical as a, is used as a musical as a canvas um, is used by director uh, Reg, Reginald Hudland to show black teenagers with the freshness and originality uh, that's rare in modern movies. Now that I, I would totally agree with because there aren't there aren't really a lot of black teen comedies. What movies can you think of that are about like black youth, especially if you're going to compare with the sheer number of John Hughes movies and mm-hmm. Heather's the movies that I grew up with. Um, there were very few movies, if any, that had that same sort of vibe, but like with an all black cast. And, and I think capturing it, like uh, there was this recent uh, thing I saw from Tyler. He was, he was everybody hates Chris, that, that, that kid. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, can we just stop having non-black writers write black slang dialogue, please? <laughs> I support him in that. It's, it gets pretty bad. And this was just like, I, I was five when this movie came out, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what was being said like at that time, like if this slang was accurate and so on, but it felt like this wasn't contrived. I, I, it wasn't. Um, so you said um, March 9th, 1990. So that would have been the spring of my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was actually in high school when this movie came out. Um, none of the people who appear to be <laughs> in high school obviously are even I, close to being the right age. We'll get to that later. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some of it is a little bit exaggerated, but I think that's the way it's supposed to be because these roles were intended for um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which is already like oh, boo you. <laughs> a like um, exaggeration, kind of like comedy rap. You know, so it's like, you kind of expect it to be like, yeah, look at these honeys. You know what I mean? When it's like... I'm maxing on these honeys. I don't know that a lot of dudes I went to school with necessarily talked like that, but it was the actual words that they were using, I think, were accurate. It was just the way that they were, like, stacked up on top of each other for, like, extra comedic effect. Totally. Um, this, this movie is in Wikipedia. This movie is listed under the Hood Films section. It's not a hood film. It is not. Most of their parents are middle class. They're at like a the um, kid breaks up a, a it's like a sorority fraternity like gala or whatever. It's not a yes. hood movie. And that's where we have a great cameo of the scene too, by the way. Yes. Um. So the movie had a two point five million dollar budget. This is not anything. So nineteen nineties though, that's probably like five. So still not much. Okay. But and it's, I think it's not quite independent. Mm-hmm. Um, it made twenty six point two million. Twenty six point four. Sorry. Um, considered a cult classic. It opened a week after the Hunt for Red October, and on the same week as Joe versus the Volcano. So no one remembers that movie. Nineties Tom Hanks or whatever. I yes. 
it, the, um, so the movie opened um, and almost doubled its, um, it almost made its nut back tw- times two in that first weekend. So it debuted at third, but it made almost five million in its debut. Okay. Um, and it was a New Line Cinema release. So New Line Cinema's 1990 includes two movies that I've already covered for this podcast series. I only know one of them. King of New York and Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Were all in 1990. And I think... Ninja I Turtles later this month, by the way. I don't know if this still stands, but at one point, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the highest grossing independent movie. It was, yes. Okay, because it was like, their independent movies were not a thing. Mm-hmm. So, um... And at the time that, because I think, didn't I tell you about this? Where it's like, in the movie theater to see House Party, I feel like they showed the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Please describe this. Well, because in 1990, it was still possible to not know that something was going to happen. So you would be sitting there and you'd actually be surprised because maybe you hadn't even heard that they were making a movie out of this. So, I mean, the audience was just sitting there amazed. Everyone was just like... Oh my god, people are like, it's like a mixture of like revelry and laughing. Uh-huh. And like, it was just, it was, it, it actually worked out great because it was kind of like a raucous start before the even movie, before the movie even started. And here, here's the funny thing about it. I know you haven't seen the third movie, but there's an Ninja Turtles connection in the third movie. Oh god. They're supposed to be like this stag video, this porn video, and they, in Porn? Uh, what? Because it's a bachelor, it's a bachelor party. Sure. Because uh, Kate is getting married in the third one. Unlikely. We'll talk about that. Uh, and so I think this, like, they're trying to uh, quell the grandmother. It's like, yeah, just watch Ninja Turtles. And it's really the porn movie instead of Ninja Turtles. Of so the bachelor party, they're watching Turtles. And they're like, yeah, cowabunga, dude. And then she's like watching the porn. And she's like, say no damn turtle, just that ass. Wow. It's fire. That's a good line, though. That's good. So, um,. Going to one of the things you mentioned a second ago, mm-hmm. no one's in high school. No one is in their non-twenties in this movie. I mean, and it's almost like it's almost like Scooby Doo. You know how it's like they're supposed to be kids, which you're just like, Fred, you look like you're thirty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Play looks like you should have graduated from college five years ago. So, but it, I, in a way, also, it just makes it funnier. So, kid and Play were both born in 1964, please. Okay. No, 64. Um, Play was born in 62. So, to your point, mm-hmm. when this movie came out, he would have been 28 years old. <laughs> right. He's like 10 years removed <laughs> from being. He's <laughs> like, you're in post grad, my guy. Um, and uh, he's he's closer to Robin Harris. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, what? So, Robin Harris, um, he plays uh, he plays a kid's dad in the movie. I don't remember what his name is. They call him Pop. Okay, Pop. So, he's Pop in the movie. He's 36. He looks a thousand. He does look a thousand. He does look a thousand. Um, but all, a lot of that, I'm sure, has to do with, you know, he's wearing, he's got the wife beater on. He's, like, falling asleep with his work boots on. You know, he's a hardworking man. So, you know, they've got to make it look like that. <laughs> what did he say in the beginning? You don't get to eat the shit? He's like, what the hell if he didn't call it shit? <laughs> And then, what does he say? He's like, he's like, yeah, I gotta get off this stuff. You know, I got a weight prop. Can't wait, can't wait to eat. <laughs> Yo, no, I, I wrote that down. Because it comes up again when the, um, with Shireen's uncle. Yeah, make some of that Dick Gregory. <laughs> oh my God. And did you see how they did the thing again in the movie where it's like he made a Sunday breakfast for like six people? And he had and one then, piece of toast? Yes, and kid eats a piece of toast and leaves. You're just like, what is this? Why did you go through this effort? But they, they stop it though because he was like, eat your breakfast. He yeah. says that before yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dick Gregory, I, wanted to, I know that was a real thing, right? It, it was, was. It was Slim Fast or yeah, something. Yeah, it was Slim Fast. Correct. I just like the fact that the fat uncle 
later in the movie. <laughs> He's just great. Make me seem like Dick Rickard. <laughs> Shit is fire. Uh, so Robin Harris passed away a few days after the film, um, nine days to be exact, after the film was released. So kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier, the adoration that, that he got as being like one of these kind of comedic legends, he got after, like posthumously. Yes. He got after he died. Because um, I believe Baby Kiss was released after he passed. And it was kind of cool, like him, uh, John Witherspoon, and to a degree, Martin Lawrence, they were doing their stand-up and stuff at the time. Right. And even going back to the third movie, um, Bernie Mac is Robin Hurst's brother in the third movie. Of course, as well he should be. And he's great in this movie. And also Chris Tucker pops up in this movie. Hmm. I do. And then it it was also really cool how uh, Robin Harris references Dolomite. Yes. When he's just like, you know, why do you want to go to this party? I thought we was going to watch videos together. I had plans for us, <laughs> which is like actually really sweet. And, um, but kind of cool to like mention, you know, another comedian that maybe with it, not just maybe, but you know, didn't really get his due when he was alive, you yeah. know, type thing. It's, it's one of those things where I, I think the decision to cast certain people, it kind of paid homage to, Who's, who, who made up what our comedy is and who made up what kind of some of the stuff we were, it, um, we we're doing in terms of comedy, in terms of the casting, because I don't know what movies Full Force was in. I don't know if Kid and Play were any any movies. And you had, um, what is it? Um, uh, Chill and Groove there yes. later in it. So mm-hmm. it's just always having these musical acts that aren't necessarily actors mm-hmm. popping up in films. And also to the credit of like New Line Cinema, like they're kind of building up and touching on having King of New York and Ninja Turtles. These are fucking wild swings. Yes. And just it's the fucking franchise that Freddie built, right? Yes, exactly. New Line Cinema, the house that Freddie built. Because I mean, they started it in like the seventies. You know how stuff always starts before you think. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, so when did Full Force start making music? It's like 1978 or something, and yeah, you're yeah. like, what? Like, it's like most people lovers, you know. <laughs> Most people know them from from uh, being with Lisa Lisa, but apparently, um, and this is why, if you're wondering, besides being like, oh, Wikipedia, why the hell does she know so much about Full Force? It is because, and you know what's coming. They're from Brooklyn. That. Also, um, they were a huge influence on Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. That makes sense. So they were just like, whatever that music is, that's what we want to do. So... Let's um, let's see. I got cameos I want to talk about. Yeah. I got a question of who's the heel in it. <laughs> and I also had a question of where does where does the movie take place, for one? And lastly, I had questions on um, where does the rap battle that Kid and Play have rank in terms of movie rap battles? So I want to talk about this a little bit. I want to talk about, well, two things. You know I can barely contain myself to even get to, like, the dance battle. Because in my world, in my life, mm-hmm. House Party is a dance movie. It I is. know it's not, but it's actually a romantic comedy, except question, who's the, who's the couple? Don't answer that. But um, in terms of the music, one of the things that I think is fascinating about Kid and Play, as they are in this movie, is... People may not remember this time when rap groups were adversaries within the group. Mm-hmm. Like Run DMC is Run DMC. They're like, you know, we're we're Run and DMC and Jim Master J. We're a group and we're better than all of you. But there was this other kind of style of hip hop where people within the group actually competed against each other, mm-hmm. including in one of Full Force's um, 
most successful groups UTFO that made Roxanne Roxanne, which is basically the entire song is all of the MCs dissing each other. And so my dad didn't really understand this. Um, we saw a house party together. I saw a house party with my dad and my stepmom, Susan, and he was just like, I don't get like, aren't they friends? Mm-hmm. Like they're dissing each other. I don't really understand. And that was kind of like a thing then of like, we're both so good that we're going to battle to see who's actually going to be, you know, who's going to, who's going to be doing the most rapping at the party or who's going to MC the talent show. Cause yeah. remember their, their, you know, kid needs a win because yeah. he got in trouble at school. He's already been grounded before he has this thing cloud hanging over him of like his mom's death, which is a thing, mm-hmm. you know? And so your he, mom's a trash. He fucked up at the talent show. Yeah. So it's like, he's, there's he has a lot of reasons to want to come to this. Got beat party. up in the cafeteria. He got beat up in the cafeteria in front of everybody <laughs> in a like really hilariously filmed scene. So like the rap aspect of it is fascinating to me because yeah. you play clearly has already established himself as the alpha male. Mm-hmm. You know he's a little older. You know he's wiser. You know he wears a suit to a party. Like it has a car. He has a car. Nobody else has a car. So it's like. He has connections. He knows different women that they don't know. You know, so, like, it's... He's already established his dominance. And yes. so then you have Kid being like, well, you know, I want a piece of the, I want a piece of the action. So, I'm as know, good as you. I can rap, too. And everyone's like, when? Because he has sucked at the talent show. Oh, shit. I mean, that's a, that's a thing. Like, um, it's not rap, but I, I think of... Um, what candy girl maybe like like because aren't they kind of dissing each other um yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like mm-hmm. i want the girl like yeah yeah no uh, you're right that is another thing where it's like there's different personalities in the group and it's like everyone's competing for whatever girl in the video they're trying to get i want the slam it honey um i'm sure that was said yes yeah i'm, I'm sure that was said um so i want to I talk about these topics a little bit and then um talk about some of our favorite scenes so okay. Do you want to do the favorite scenes first, or do you want to go over the topics that I had? Let's go over your topics. Okay, so the topics I have, um, I'm not going to do all of them right now, because some of them kind of relate to going through the movie a little bit, but in terms of the cameos in the movie, what is your favorite cameo? I think that there are two main ones, but maybe there's... I can be swayed for a third one. Um, my... Hmm... I wasn't expecting this question to be so difficult. Um, I have to say, actually, that... Okay, two things are battling in my mind, back and forth. No, you know what? The Hudlin Brothers is my favorite cameo. It's because okay. I like... Um, there's just something about it that's uh, absurd. You know, that they're, like, stealing stuff or something, and then the the evil cops that always show up everywhere who always seem to be available. They're great, by the way. Um, yeah, they're Brunarski. Uh, whatever he says their names and are. They have Chicago accents, too. Mm, true. Good point. So, you know, but when they have, like, a lampshade, first of all, they have on, like, suits, which, inexplicably. And then, like, I mean, well, I guess that's part of the New Jack ethos. They get on the bus, and then, like, they don't have, one of them doesn't have shoes on for some reason. Because the dogs shoes. Yeah, like, that, I don't know. Like, I just, I like that part. I just think the absurdity of that is really funny. They were tired. They were tired. Those are <laughs> Right. Um, or they were uh, uh, Damon Wayans from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Mm-hmm. Same aesthetic. Or Homeboy Shopping Network because they were stealing and living color. Yes. Um, Any of those things work. Maybe an amalgamation. Uh, 
So let's see, let's see. Mine's would probably be the two I had down was John with a spoon or George Clinton. And George Clinton. It's, I'm probably going George Clinton. George Clinton is a hard yeah, that's it's hard not to pick that one because I'm not trying to be like that, but like he didn't look great towards the end, but he still looks pretty good here. Don't leave the brother alone. So you want a little pie in your head? Lighten up. Yeah, I did it. My cry two tears in a bucket. Fuck it. Let's take it to the stage. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so hot. <laughs> well, I just mean like uh, you know what I mean. Towards, towards, towards the end of his um when he was actually performing actively. And so but in this movie he still looks pretty good. Like he has, you know, the crazy like, you know, um braids with like the uh, different multicolors, kinda like yarn thing. But he's like, Yo, pops. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, man, would you scratch this? I got you. He's like, man, it's stuffy in here. Here's some dusties for you, old dusties. And what did he do? He hit him over the head. He hit um, who, one, of the, one of the members of Full Force over the head with the record. Yes. He's like, two tears in the bucket. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I was just like, okay, wow. I was like, you're not acting. They let right you now. write your own dialogue. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, because he was wearing like the tuxedo and it was at this stuffy party that really felt like that was in Atlanta. Yeah, like it was definitely like again something that like a white person, your average white person would know what they were looking at. Like it was clearly supposed to be like a Delta, aka like Omega Lynx Boule. Because it wasn't, event. it wasn't super dark. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah, there were like no white people there. They were our skin color and lighter, and yeah. that was what was happening. Yeah, and and then they, you know, they slide a little thing in there where they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna press charges, and they're like, no, I'm not gonna press charges. What, what did motherfucker make him saying? He's just like, I want you to repeat after me. I am somebody, and all the, all the black people are like, I'm gonna kill everybody. <laughs> I like how I think that was, we later find out that was Sydney's mom yeah, when they ran up That was a good one. She was gonna go and I was like, yeah. alright. Yeah, that was a good one. You, I liked it. It's like, because you when you see the front of her house, you already know what we're dealing with. It's like, hmm. you're just like, ah, I see. Her mom, her parents are never home. <laughs> right. It's like, yo, kid. I mean, play, you might be a piece of shit. Are you following her? We'll get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that. So, you said Hudlin Brothers. I'm going with uh, George Clinton. Okay. But John Witherspoon is a good one because he's John Witherspooning it up. I mean, he's great. It's also extremely realistic because it's like... My dad loves that scene, by the way. Yeah, right. And it's it's still the wife, too, right? Yeah. They're she, together. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's super realistic for somebody to be like, stop making all that noise, but be like, I actually want to be at the party. So... Now, here's the thing with the movie. Everyone in it has an East Coast vibe, right? And mm-hmm. I think we'll answer, I think I'll even pose this question now. I wrote it down as an additional question, but it has an East Coast vibe in that Full Force Brooklyn, Kid Play, New York, uh, most of the people in there have some type of East Coast play, with the exception of maybe uh, Teacher Campbell, who's from like Oklahoma. Um, where's this movie set? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I can't. It has to be. So my theory is that you have to try to figure out where they are based on the projects that Shireen Trey lives in. Um, I also didn't know it was Shireen with an N. It sounds to me like they're saying Sheree. That's what I thought her name was for the past billion years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Shireen. Sure. Shireen on me. <laughs> so <laughs> her projects are not New York projects. It's either upstate, outside of mm-hmm. New York. It is Atlanta. It's someplace like that. I'm going either Atlanta or Chicago. Cause, Maybe like, Chicago because it's not Southern. Because the cops. The cops yeah. had the accent. That's the only thing that really sticks out. Because okay. everyone else has a New York accent. Mm-hmm. 
Cause especially play. I was just like, alright. Yeah, because when these honeys are involved, you're like involved? <laughs> like dead ass. What do you like, say? Yo. Right, exactly. And then like the Hummer brothers are like Bahamian or some shit. It's like, you don't have to go. I don't know. Funny. Right, yeah, we don't care. Go Howard, I guess? I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> is the, you know, it would be funny if it's like, oh, this is DC. You're like, nah. No. <laughs> I don't think so. So, now this is the question I had. Because this was originally intended to be Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff. Mm hmm. How would the movie work with them two in that role? Because I feel like because of the timing, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came out around this time, maybe a year or six months to a year later. Would the movie have been the same with those? Would it have been the same if it was Will Smith and, and, uh, Fresh, and uh, Jazzy Jeff instead of Kid Blunt? No. So this is something that people actually knew about when the movie came out. Okay. It was one of those things that kind of got, plus people kind of guessed it. Is kind of being like, it doesn't this seem like this is supposed to be. Um, so there was a little bit of like, mm, so all the black people who are in movies are hip hop stars. Like there was kind of that thing going on. It was like Crush Groove and, you know, stuff like that. Main Street. <laughs> right. Which get uh, name checked in the movie. So I think it would have been a lot different. And I think it's always easy to say, oh, but I like this version. I like the way it turned out better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, there's some validity to that because like you said, there's like, there's some colorism kind of complexity to the relationships mm-hmm. and, you know, with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you have like kind of a flip of characters. Mm-hmm. The Fresh Prince is the one who's like, I am absolutely extremely confident with women. I'm He's fabulous. Funny. Yes. So, but Jeff isn't exactly kid. So you just kind of lose an opportunity for a character that we don't see that often, which is kind of a sensitive, like young, sensitive black male, not completely sure of himself in the world yet and trying to gain his footing. You don't see that in movies very often. You you, you lose the opportunity to have the beta. And mm-hmm. I mean, Kid is running a lot in this movie. He's running a lot. He's dodging a lot. And here's one of the other differences that I really like in this movie um, from other teen movies that I grew up with. So in all John Hughes movies, for the most part, all the adults are idiots. Well. Um, and or the parents, you can't trust them. You can't tr- trust the parents and the adults in the sure. movie. And But in this movie, which I think is like a comment about, about black culture and how it's different, all of the quote-unquote kids in this movie are very concerned about what their parents think. Yes. And they don't want to get in trouble. Like, even Play. Play is, like, taking shit out of his mother's china cabinet and putting plastic cups there and, like, don't mess up my mama stuff. Like, it's very, very different. And so I really like that aspect. And I think you would, if you had um, Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff in it, I think you would, it would definitely be more about them and less um, attention on some of the, you know, like, the really fun side characters they created. I agree. I agree. And, um... And then you almost want to play that game of do you do the flip of kid play in Bel Air? You know, that <laughs> it's like that doesn't quite work as well. Uh, no. It is a story. How about kick steps? It's like, <laughs> what? Like, whoa, run that back? Um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about um, favorite scenes in the movie. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think you should go first because mine's so obvious that I'm I mean, you have multiple. You have multiple. 
Um, but I'll go first. You should go first. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the first iteration of I Smell Pussy. Yo, this punk motherfucker throwing shit at us, Yo, man. Son, man. I smell something, I, man. You smell something? I definitely Yo, smell something in my head. I smell, I smell, I smell pussy. Wow. So here's something about that. I go chronologically. <laughs> um, that's one of those things that I was like, did people say that? Because, I mean, after Robin, and I'm not trying to fast forward, but after Robin Harris says, you know, look at your test tube, baby. People said that for decades and they still do. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm just like, I smell a pussy. Did people say that? I'm trying to remember. The only person I know that said that was 50 Cent and this was in 2003. So. I see. Well, it's persisted. Is that you, Ja? Wow. (laughs) Is that you, Irv? Don't bring that up. That's what he was saying. Well. And then he tried to do it later when uh, the, I don't know which, only person I know in full force is Bowleg Lou. Um. One of the other, the alpha of full force. He's like, do I smell pussy now? That was so funny when they, just because they didn't want to like commit arson yeah. and like kill people like, in a fire. I don't know about burning this house down. <laughs> they looked at Fuck each other it. like, what? I mean, they were talking cash shit at that door though. Yeah. So man, yeah, we will smell like pussy to a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Slam. Uh, yeah, that whole scene, it's actually kind of funny. All right. So, okay. So you like that scene. Okay. I like that scene, yeah. Yes. What else? Um... I, I I like pretty much everything at Shireen's, um, initially at Shireen's place. It's awesome. Also very authentic. Yes. Yo. You could drink that peanut. We out of here. Look at all that sugar. Just thinking about drinking that stuff makes my teeth hurt. That's good, girl. Fix some of that big Gregory. And they do my favorite thing. The thing that I said I do in every relationship I've been in, I do. Time Classics. The song. Don't you love the way it's in everybody's house? Yes. And uh, what did he say? He's like, oh no, brother, you gotta get your own. Those commercials were on TV all the time. Shit was fire. And of course, the Kool-Aid scene. I mean, that is how one of my best friends, Heather, that is how she makes Kool-Aid. Like and Kool-Aid. lemonade. Yeah. Grape or red. Those are two different things. Red. It's great. And I think his name is also Peter, which is Play's name, I believe. Oh, I don't remember. Maybe it was. Yeah, but, but, it's, but then later it was like Peanut, and I was like, maybe she just said Peanut, but said it weird. But also, in real life, aren't Kid and Play both named Christopher? They are. It's great. That's uh-huh. amazing. Uh-huh. Christopher Martin, Christopher Reed. Um, so, what else do I have? So, Shireen's house, I smell pussy, uh-huh. what else? Uh, it would probably be... Mm, It'll probably be the scene because just, you know, because of the climate we're in. Just when Robin Hearns kind of dresses down the police. Hey, you, where are you going? I'm going to mind my fucking business. That's where I'm going. Do you have a problem with that, officer? <laughs> Again with the questions. What is this, Jeopardy? No, it ain't Jeopardy. It ain't Monopoly either. And I ain't going to jail. Freeze! Freeze! <sighs> it's pretty great. <laughs> From a small town, fresh off a cop's ass. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I'm feeling homesick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's talking wild shit to them. He was. It's like yeah. fuck him, and the, the, you pretty much his whole B story. It's great because when he goes in, he confronts all of them, and what does um, Tisha Campbell say to him? Like nobody needs to be going upstairs, you know. You know, plays um, uh, parents don't want anybody getting shit on their shoes. Not that you had any shit on your shoes. Anything. Excuse me, young lady, or whatever he says to her, it's great. And that's when he confronts AJ Johnson. He's like, I mean, uh, Anthony Johnson, but he goes for AJ. Um, look at you. This jerk curl. <laughs> follow the drip, follow the drip. He's like, hope you don't commit crime. Because <laughs> they know exactly what to find. Follow the drip, follow the drip. It was the one dude. Never get away with it. His name was what, like, it was some stupid name, like Carter or something. It's like, yeah, it's Carter X. 
Yeah, you're Muslim. Pick, give me a bean pie and pork chop. I, pork chop sandwich, I think yes, he said. Yes. Oh my god. This shit was fire. What do you got? Um, well, we'll save the best for last. So we'll start with. Um, well, you know, I'm a softie, so I really enjoyed a lot of the scenes between um, Kid and Pop. Um, just like the little things that they mm-hmm. do, like the little subtle things, like, you know, him pulling off his boots when he falls asleep in the bed. Yeah. And, um, you know, when they kind of, you know, they're getting really mad with each other. And, um, you know, Kid always has that, like, respectful distance. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to pop off to Pop. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But, you know, he's getting upset because he wants to go to the party. And, you know, then Pop was like, you know, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. And then he realizes how it sounds. And then he tries to, like, pat him, but he can't touch his hair. And, like, <laughs> I just thought that was, like, so great. And he's like, I just, I've been under a lot of pressure, that's all. You know, so, like, exactly, right? But I just thought it was, like, it's things like that to me that make a comedy, that push it, you know, like, into, like, a different status of something that, like, you want to watch again or, like, um you get more attached to the characters than just, I mean, it would be enough if you just laughed at it. It just, it gives it, it gives it heart. I think. Yeah. Would you, would you even put in there that other exchange when he's on the phone? It really needed that over time. Yes. You, they, you know, it doesn't take, there's a lot of economy. Like they, they really do a good job of filling out like his character and their relationship with just like those little things of being like, um, when he knows it's a letter from school and then, like, Kid is trying to, like, get rid of it. And he's on the phone. And he's like, give me that. Give me that. Right. So, so in terms of black pop culture dads, because it usually it's TV, mm-hmm. where would you rank in that small, because you said it's economical, right? Where would you rank the Robin Harris character from what we saw? Now, granted, it's like a sports. It's like an athlete that had a really short career. Mm-hmm. But where would you rank him in terms of some of those pop culture TV movie dads or what have you, the black ones, you Uncle Phil's, the uh, the James A, the not James Avery, uh, James from Good Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's redacted, but but Bill. Uh, he's redacted. Ghost Dad Bill, maybe no. Uh, wow. But where would you rank that black dad situation at? You know, I put him up pretty high because you know I think. Um, you know, he definitely has some of the very, like, recognizable black dad mm-hmm. tropes. Um, corporal punishment, not being the least of it. You know, I'm just going to beat your ass if you don't know how to act right. What's he saying? Don't do that just yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, shit. He says during the credits, he's just like, um, I'm going to whoop you until I get sleepy. And I just took a nap, so I'm wide awake. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, oh my shit. God. And he's, like, beating him in between. That's a fire line. It's great. So I put him high up there because also you can tell when Kid encounters the cops, mm-hmm. he's had the talk. Mm-hmm. Because he immediately goes to, like, yes, sir, yes, officer. It's just like, all right, Pops get... Even though, clearly, it's do as I say, not as I do. Because we saw... Because they're walking down the same street. Yes, they are. So, we see that he doesn't quite do that. Right. Fuck about right. <laughs> my, my, my colorism right here, my blackness protects me. I, I, I should have never married that white woman. <laughs> that was the thing I was wondering. I was like, can we figure out how to explain... Well... You as the dad, he, you as the son. Look, There's a missing part of He explained it. It's like solve for why, you know? <laughs> right. So yeah, I reckon I'm high up there on um, Father Figure. So yes, I love that scene. And, you know, then I'm just going to go straight to it. Of course you are. The dance battle. Yo, kid, man. Yo, do that dance stuff you was doing out there on the dance floor. I've been trying to get that all night, man. No, no, no. I really don't feel like that. Yo, it. come on, man. No, no, I'm really not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. All right. Then don't do it. Then I'm learning my own. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't give up so easy. I'll teach you. I knew you wouldn't go out on me like that. I'll teach you. I'll teach you. Yo, come on, man. Now, this is very complicated. It is absolutely one of the number one reasons to watch this movie. Um, Kid and Play, AJ Johnson, and Tisha Campbell, Tisha Campbell choreographed that themselves. Fire. Um, and I think that's what makes it so good is because, I mean, first of all, when one of it's kind of like leading into that scene. One of my favorite scenes is when they first op- open the door mm-hmm. and it really gives you that energy of what it's like when you walk into a live party. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just like, okay, this is great. And so like, you know, there's always, you know, a couple of people at a party that like just take dancing to a whole other level. So it's just like, okay, let's yeah. just like move out of the way for these people. Shy, right. Exactly. And then the way it starts in the kitchen yeah. when what's his face is like, yeah, te- teach me that step you was doing. Oh yeah. When uh, Chilla's in there. Yeah. And then kid's like, oh, I don't want to. And then he's like, fine, be like that. Then he's like, all right, all right. You know, Try, don't quit so easily. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just don't give up. Come on. He says it's kind of complicated, which it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, many ankles have been broken. <laughs> Um, it's just, yeah, it's super fun. It's like something that you want. Anyone who's just like, yeah, you know, I go to parties to dance. Like, that's like the kind of energy you want. So, yeah, I can never get enough of that scene. Also, the entire party itself. Is a scene, yes. Yeah, the entire, it's like a set piece. Because this is why we're here. Mm-hmm. We're here to be at this live party and all the things. And it reminds you of how, like, when you're young, even though, you know, we're younger than them, um, even though cause they're almost 30, but, um, you know, when you're young, you can actually believe that, like, your life is going to change at a party. Yes. Or that something is going to happen that's going to be so important that you have to be there. And, you know, for kid, it's twofold. It's, you know, the possibility of maybe he'll meet a girl or talk to a girl or something. And that... Well, specifically, those two. Those two, yeah, because he saw them in the cafeteria. yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys gonna be there tonight, right? Maybe if you will. Uh, That's two, man. <laughs> Look, man, you a punk motherfucker. <laughs> this is why it's all great. <laughs> oh my god! But you could believe that. You could believe like my life is gonna change at this party. So that is a whole set piece. I also love how they go into like the politics of party dance partners. Oh my god! And. What to do when you kind of get stuck with somebody you don't want to dance with? Switch! <laughs> right, Bilal. is like, he's got the headphones on. He's like shimmying. That scene is so great. Um, I'm trying to mix. Stop bumping Yo. my table. But um, I love that. I love the politics of dance partners because, again, sometimes there's a lot riding on it. You really believe, like, if I don't talk to this girl or if I don't talk to this person... It's, you know, it's not going to happen and I have to do it now. And I, I've been working up the nerve to ask this person to dance. Um, it's the 90s equivalent to super bad. Like we can be that mistake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, I really enjoy that. And the post party part of the movie mm. definitely um, is more like what I would call like madcap, like caper type comedy. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that none of it is funny. Um, mm-hmm. We could talk about the troublesome jail scene later, but um. actually, we, we should talk about that now. <laughs> uh, okay. Because each rap thing in there has its thing, and um, that one is one. Is that uh, Aaron Neville? Uh, t- <laughs> 
Oh my god. People just throw a straw, so who fucks you? It was like, what, what is happening? Right. And like how full force is cascaded to the back, like, nah. Nah. We, got we not here. Right. And the one fat dude is like, man, you know what they said, Rich Price said, I you couldn't believe it. Booty hole. Well, I couldn't believe it because my dad used to talk. That was like one of his favorite Richard Pryor lines. I couldn't believe that he was, it was actually in the movie. Of course, my dad roared at that part of the movie. Ah. So, <laughs> gotta be funny. Keep mind off the booty. I mean, that that whole thing was like, look, I need you here, man. You gotta go Japanese time. Right. Look at that CP shit. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> it's, it does not age well because it's, uh, it's a few uh, F-bombs in there. It's a few, not, not in the movie as a, um, but it's 30 years old. Um, and you had that kind of whole problematic prospect right. in that sequence. And, but... In, in a conversation that I've mentioned before, when we talk about like rape culture and all of this stuff, like this was considered a, a, a comedic thing, and it was a trope in multiple. Things. It was. Can I also talk about the fact that it, it maybe the one of the reasons it is a comedic trope is because this is like intermediary lockup. It's not supermax. Yeah. This is not Rikers. So what? Everybody's just gonna rape everybody right now? Like just taking because ter- he? What did he say? There are de- there are officers sitting at a desk like twelve feet away. But he said something that was the most troubling thing that I heard. That okay. Double looking dude. Okay. He was just like, won't be long. And somebody was like, depends on who's doing it. I was like, oh no. I mean, yeah. It was just like. Your concern should be, I mean, I, they don't want to get too serious, even though they hint at it. Yeah. Because this is also a movie in which involves two white cops mm-hmm. taking full force away to an undisclosed location and to beat their asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's not the first time. It's like, man, this happens every time. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's another thing of like, it kind of almost lets them be sympathetic for a minute. It's, you know? it's a commentary there. Yeah. Um, the, the dubbing sometimes is kind of funny. Yes. When, they, when they're in, especially the, the jail scene, mm-hmm. man, what's this guy talking about? I was like, this dude. <laughs> He's not in the room. <laughs> and he's like, uh. I was like, where did this beat come from? <laughs> Who's mixing? Then they're pretending like the dude is playing the harmonica. It's, it's like, just like, I didn't see a harmonica. You're playing something. Yeah, right. And what did he, he like grabbed his dick when they let him out and shit. And I was like, that's not how that would happen. It's way. not how that would happen. But also, Kid's famous for that, isn't he? Yeah, it's like, a lot of dick Once grabbing. I'm on the other side of, of, of safety, now I'm going to say some bullshit to you. He might be a problem. Fuck yeah. yeah, he might be. Um, let's see. I had a few more things before we wrap up. This, mm-hmm. is, this has added some depth to this movie. Um, so we come to the rap scenes. Uh... So I got two. I have who is the biggest heel in this movie? Who's the real heel of this movie? One could look at it from the standpoint of obviously it's full force. So obviously it's the cops. Obviously it's pops. Who, in your opinion, is the heel in this movie? This is going to be extremely unpopular. You ready? Who is it? Shireen. You are there. So these are the people who I think are eligible. And you, me and me and you are kind of on the same page here. Uh, you have full force, the cops, pop, play. Kid and Shireen. So, play is a heel a lot in this movie. He is, and he's a dog. He's a dog. Okay, I mean, so, okay, I'm sure that part of my opinion has to do with the fact that I've known a couple of Shireens. I was gonna say because she's dark skin in my lifetime. (laughs) No, I have known a couple of Shireens in my lifetime, and you definitely get a sense of a pretty uh, complicated relationship between her and Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really interesting juxtaposition because mm-hmm. um, Sydney is light skinned, and I'm not saying that automatically makes her better looking. I'm just saying that she obviously has some cultural capital. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also firmly middle class, yes, um, if not upper middle class, because she, she's doing Ivy League 
college applications when she and, and kid kind of get to have a break to talk about. about yeah. So there's definitely an interesting layer of friendship. I feel like there, I feel like there's a, there's a, I don't want to say a sequel, but there's like a, there's a wicked, there's a fanfic that you could do of this story of their relationship and how much Shireen emotionally manipulates Sydney. The outhouse party. She makes her believe she's not attractive. Yeah, because she says the thing about, like, I told you about them clothes. The, right, the, she the, talks the, about her came clothes. Originals yeah, she talks about her clothes knowing that Sydney has more money than she does. Yeah. Um, so she talks about her clothes. It's like, because you wear Lycra or whatever, showing off your, your yeeks and such, yes. doesn't right. mean that. She's probably wearing something that has a higher thread count than what you're wearing. <laughs> so I don't think there's too much, too many threads in that uh, aerobicized outfit you're wearing with I mean, boots. Now, granted, you know, filth is filth is filth. I mean, but, she looks great. I yeah. mean, but that—that's what makes it so accurate because you know this person, and she's not giving anybody anything. And then when she's just like, "Well, I kind of just need to see how this plays out. Like, I need to see how this night plays out, and wild. then I'll make my decision." And it's just like. What, what do you mean? Like, what if I'm telling, what if we're friends and I'm telling you I like that person. I like this person yeah. and you're just like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do about that. And she's like, you know, see if you can try to take him. And it's like, you could just see the look on Sydney's face and like, I, that's not me. Like, I don't well, do that. In the project so, is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> so in my opinion, she's, uh, she's fine she, to heal. Yeah. Like she's, even, even if we're not going to call her a villain, we'll say that, um, She's one of those people that it's like, see where this person ends up, like they say in, in Boys in the Hood, and there are comparis- there's some Boys in the Hood comparisons with this movie of like, see where she is in 10 years. They do a fadeaway? Yeah. Shireen went on to own a nail shop. Yeah, where she was taking somebody else's husband. So I'm just saying. Um, What's your thought? And play is definitely... He is, de- he is play definitely... Is play. He plays in play because he's kind of an asshole. Uh, this is I see. I can't go play because then it just goes like, "We're doing colorism right now." The villains in the auction. Well, and that maybe is that something that if they made this movie today and and Sydney is played by Zendaya, like, is that something that we would think about doing? Did they do a thing where they made the dark skin characters' behavior more? Questionable, but also maybe their character's a little more complicated. You know what? It's full force. Full force of the villains? Because when we first see them, the first thing we see... Now, They're granted, bullies. They, 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 he bumps into them. He does. You, you should know, like, leave these niggas alone. Yeah. But also, you know, you don't call somebody's mother a gardening tool. You... What on earth would he call your mother a gardening tool? And the way they look at each other, like... <laughs> this bitch. What are you talking about? Um, so I think it's them... Because they were going to commit murder, too. I mean... They were going to commit murder. Yeah, they're always fucking with us. They're gonna kick your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> they were gonna kick my. So yeah, it's it's. We will say that that it plays. Also, that's colorism too, because they're all dogs. Oh fuck! We can't get away from this. Uh, Pop is Pop is a, is one of the best characters in the movie, and he is dark skin. Yes, yes. So yeah, and uh, and finesse. He's dark skin as well. He matches his, his hat because he's looking. He's dressed like Zorro. Why is he wearing the Houdini hat? Dun, 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 dun. That is exactly what he's wearing. <laughs> then, then here's the uh, question I think every black person, because we've all experienced this in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you relate most to in this movie? Is it an amalgamation? Is it one character specifically? Or is it no one? Hmm, this is a good question. Who do I relate to most in this movie? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm gonna say. Because <laughs> I think I know, but I'm gonna wow. let you answer it. I am. Go- wow. Um, and I'm not saying this because the movie is essentially about them, but, um, I'm, I'm going to say kid because really, yes, because I had a very growing up, my childhood best friend was a very dominant personality and, um, she was definitely like a performer and I kind of, you know, a lot of, we'd be in school shows together. I was not the lead of anything. I also wasn't trying out Mm -hmm. either. So, um, I definitely feel that. And, you know, I also was very close to my dad, you know, so I feel like there's like kind of a vibe there of like, you know, when you're, you want to have fun and be young, but you also want to like disappoint this person who's like really, really important to you. So, yeah. So I would say that. Could, I'll answer mine in a second, but I had a thought that came there a second ago. Mm-hmm. Could it be viewed that in the same kind of, this is way too much of a reach, but in the same kind of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that whole view that one of them doesn't exist? We don't see Play's parents. No. Could Play have been a figment of, like, kid trying to be cool? This is who I am if I'm cool. I think I think there's definitely a case that could be made for that of okay. just like this is the cool version of me, and then you're just like, yeah, but I, everybody wants they think they want to be that person. <laughs> Every light skin dude wants to be a dark skin dude. Well, <laughs> I mean, um, hey, Greg, how's it going? <laughs> you said that, not me. I didn't say that, Greg. Um, but yeah, I yeah, there's a case to be made for that of like this is just a figment of like the cool, you know, it, you know, almost like a um, family matters, yeah. you know, type when you're just like, but this person is terrible. Well, I want to be terrible. Right, right. Uh, Where's my smoking jacket? Halitosis aside, Bilal. Bilal is great. Because when it comes to, like, equipment, like... He's a producer. I'm just sitting there like... Yeah. Stop bumming this fucking shit, man. Move your... Play something like that. Bilal was great. The fact that he was just like, I, you know what, you know what part is you? When he was like, I waited here just to tell you I'm not coming. <laughs> that part was amazing. When he was like, yo, I've been waiting for you for over an hour, but I just waited here to tell you I'm not coming. There's a little play there for me too. Must have been. Well, I'll heal it up. I mean, where's my CJ? He, he definitely. I mean, there, there's some, there's. He's just one of those people that's like, yeah, everybody has kind of wanted to be some version of him. When he did his whole thing, he handed some random lesser his jacket yes, he and did. started dancing. Yes, like, he did. Yeah, because he, I mean, his whole thing was just like, first of all, you're not going to show me up at my party. This is my house, nigga. This is my party. It's called house party, which is yeah. at my house. Yeah. Do you so, have a house or is that an apartment? Right, exactly. It's like, that's a house. <laughs> like, so, I, like um, I also love, I definitely enjoyed his dancing while he was vacuuming. Very Morris Day. Uh-huh. Um... So, yeah. No, he, he definitely tossed his jacket, you know, into the crowd. Like, hold this, gentlemen. Mm. Are we dancing? Best hand in the movie. Um, I don't know where they... It probably goes to Full Force a little bit. I mean, Full Force is here. Here's another thing. They don't have any now, so... You know that a lot of women were like, absolutely. And, you know, I don't really fall into that camp because I'm not really, like... That's not, like, the body type I'm necessarily interested in. Oh, shit. I guess I'll stop lifting weights then. No, come on. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, like, they were doing a lot of tight t-shirt. There's a lot of cut-off t-shirt. Yeah. Dress pants with sweatshirts. (laughs) Everyone had a pager. That was a thing. Bowleg Blue was the fashion icon of this movie for me. Who is 
it Be Fine? Who is it? What are their other names? Oh, well, we Be Fine, Bow Legged Lou, um, and God. Yeah, I all, to... all of the last names are George, I believe. Oh, God. You look so fine. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. B Fine, Paul Anthony, mm-hmm. Boleg Loy, um, Lou, Shy Shy. Shy Shy, yeah. That's Cut right. TT, Baby G. Baby G. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Uh, I mean, I need these. I need these nicknames. Dress pants with sweatshirts. That's that is so that look. I'm worn. dying. So this was Full Force's uh, second movie. What was their first? I'm thinking. You may have mentioned it earlier, by the way. Crush Groove. Yes. All right. Yay. And they were in two movies after House Party. Damn it. One of them is easy. I don't know what house party two. They were okay, and they were also in Who's the Man? Who's the Man? I've never seen Who's the Man. Um, I haven't either. I just know the soundtrack. Uh, so any final thoughts on House Party? Before we wrap this up. Um. Well, you know, I over intellectualize everything. So I was really amazed at how hard it was to watch this movie, like to find it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, why isn't this available everywhere? Because um, I thought we were celebrating black content. But, you know, I guess that was... Some Netflix. You know, what? That was only for a week, a day? Oh, oh never yeah. mind. It's over? No, what, it. what is the thing? A strong black lead? Right. Uh, yeah. You don't say. Exactly. So I thought we were celebrating um, black content creators. So it was it was very weird to me how hard it was to find, to watch. Because, you know, it's a fun movie and more people should see it. And it's and it's kind of not one of those things of the black struggle, the black... It's just black people. <laughs> the black struggle. It's always that. I don't like that shit. It's not fun. And this movie was a nice... Despite some of the, the things that may happen in there and some of the things that have not aged well, it's still a very... Just like a palate cleanser kind of thing. Yeah. Especially in 2020. Because even the scene... Even the scene with Sydney and Kid would be filmed differently if yes. it was filmed today. Um, there was a little chasing, which probably would not happen, mm-hmm. but it still um, majorly checked the box in explicitly talking about safe sex, which you would need to do in 1990 and address that directly. His dried up um, hmm? His dried up condom? Well, yeah. been here a little too long. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> um, but in a lot of ways, I mean, pretty well done for the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was like, let's have a conversation first. Yeah. Um, so that's that, I guess. That's that. So there you have it. This is Rob Lee and, and Kamari. That's me. The girl face. The girl face. Yes. You've wanted her. You now got her. She won't be back. Uh, wow. No, you, you will. You'll probably be back. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it. I'll have my people call your people and we'll be people. This was our review and revisiting House Party from 1990, 30th anniversary. Um, tune in next week for another episode. Let me tell you, I get sleepy. And I'm wide awake because I just woke up. Ow! You think he couldn't be big and yellow? I'm supposed to be like mellow. Hell no! Pop. I started fighting empty room. Ah! You can call child abuse if you, if you want to. Oh! But they better not come in here because I'll kick their ass too.